representatives before the end of the year. The U.S. Federal Communications Commission voted on Friday to designate Chinese tech giants Huawei and ZTE as national security threats. The move effectively bars both firms from a multi-billion dollar government subsidy program. Li Lingtan reports. The U.S. telecoms regulator voted 5-0 to restrict the use of its $8.5 billion universal service fund to buy equipment and services from Huawei and ZTE. This means American companies cannot use that subsidy program to purchase products from the two Chinese firms deemed as national security risks. In a statement, the Federal Communications Commission, or FCC, said Huawei and ZTE's close ties to the Chinese government and military subject them to Chinese laws requiring them to assist with espionage. The FCC said this is a threat also recognized by other governments. The restrictions are part of a larger effort by the FCC to safeguard America's communications networks from national security threats. I'm Li Lingtan in New York. And a World Health Organization report shows inactivity among children and teenagers is affecting health and brain development. It says 80% of 11 to 17-year-olds are not doing enough exercise, putting their long-term health at risk. Nick Harper has more. The United Nations World Health Organization looked at 1.6 million children in 146 countries finding the majority are not hitting the recommended daily amount of an hour a day of exercise. On the whole, boys are slightly more active than girls, but it noted the problem was evident in both developing and developed countries. Australian young people were the world's most inactive. The reason? Well, it found academic performance is often prioritised over physical activity, while the increase of the internet, video games and mobile phones has meant more time indoors for many children. I'm Nick Harper in New York. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. Indeed. Happy Friday to you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Still working on the advisory board, Black Voices for Trump. <laughs> Trump 2020. Did you see or hear, rather, the president on Fox and Friends this morning cutting up rough about how, and I, I have to say it, you guys know I'm a mom. Did I not say that if they had the ability to subpoena witnesses, the Republicans would absolutely wipe the floor with the Democrats? Yeah. So the president said basically a very similar statement to what I'd said earlier this year, which was, you know, if the, the Democrats want an impeachment, well, give them the impeachment they want. Give it to them. If they vote it out of the House and it goes to the Senate for a trial, the president will get to testify and he'll get to tell America why we should vote for him again. The ratings malaise will be over because everyone will actually start paying attention. And all the rest of us will be, hmm, yeah, well, we'll have our popcorn ready, will we not? <laughs> <laughs> so that's perfect. It's perfect. And I'm excited that the president sound he sounded invigorated. He sounded um, just he sounded ready to do what could be done. And I'm always in favor of him just being able to do 
just whatever he's going to do, right? Uh, so there'll be new content up at lifezet.com that you can watch. So check that out. I want to give a shout out to the people in the chat room, but I want to go over, a. let me see, where do I go to, guys, this is how crazy it is a little bit. Oh, perfect. Chi, Bjorn, Chow, STL, Lightning Man, 7-Eleven, Melly, Smoke. Hey, Smoke, welcome back. And TK18, which is Tracy. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? It's Friday. Let's get, um, let's just get into Friday. Let's just get into it. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Wayne Dupree, who is a friend of mine who has his own, has his own podcast and uh, live streamed radio show and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I just want to give him a shout out because he recently crossed over the milestone of uh, 5 million hits in one month on his website, waynedupree.com. So what I'd love to do is just, you know, um, you got to you got to give people props when they have something fantastic happen so yeah <laughs> congratulations wayne uh, and i'm hoping to get you on the show so we'll definitely be talking to you soon uh and in other news um next week we will actually have some shows uh, i think on monday and tuesday and but they will be podcast only they won't be live stream so don't get mad. It's the holiday week and life sets actually closed on Thursday and Friday. So Thanksgiving and the day after. So that is not unusual for us to have a little bit of time off to enjoy our family. So I, I encourage you put impeachment and everything political out of your mind starting next week on Tuesday evening. Just put it all out of your mind and start to enjoy the holiday festivities, which begin with Thanksgiving. And we are going to be very excited. Over on YouTube, we have Lynn Morrison and J.D. Hill. Thanks, you guys. You're awesome. Thanks for being there. And then on Facebook, wow, we have a lot of people here. Oh, I want to say shout out to newly married Demetrius. He's a marriage baby, and it's so cute. Marriage is, he, he looks great. In fact, you guys, he looks better than he's ever looked. He has gotten married, and his wife has made him look better than he's ever looked before. He looks thinner. I don't know if it's, he's he's using a filter or what, but Demetrius looks amazing. Um, Doug Poss and Alan and Eric, Robert, Dorothea. You guys, thank you so much for being here today. Victor Van Guest, my good friend, Vivian Wydrzynski. You guys are amazing. Thank you for being over on the uh, Facebook side. So today we're going to finish up what we started yesterday, which was, we. so we're so blessed that, God gives us the ability to analyze information so that we can have the truth. Um, in some religions, you have to sit in front of a statue and rock back and forth and flay yourself to try to get an answer. In some religions, you never know if you're actually doing what's right. You just have to go by whatever the last written thing is and guess your way through. With our God, we serve God, the God of the Bible. We serve the one and true only God. And he gives us not only guidance in the Bible, but he gives us the ability to just say, hey, I want some wise counsel. And that's what I consider this to be. It is to take wise counsel to come into this situation with the political parties and the voting that has to happen and to say, instead of going by my feelings, I'm going to figure out what each party platform says, and then I'm going to go into that. Okay. So, um, Here's, here's what we're going to do. We have the following topics, headings for the Republican and Democratic Party platform to go over. Obamacare, marriage, medical research, Iran, and foreign assistance. 
And this doesn't mean we'll never touch on it again, but we definitely want to cover this in completion. So you have two um, podcasts that you can point back to, or maybe this live stream of this video, maybe you share it with someone. It's up to you. You do as you feel led. So yesterday we covered human life, Planned Parenthood, judges, religious liberty, climate change and global warming and education and school choice. Oh, and sex education. And uh, mind you, these are all things that we just have to be really plugged in on. And so it's good that these party platforms both cover these issues. So let's dig into what they say. First off, the 2016 platform addresses Obamacare because Obamacare in its full iteration was still the law of the land at that point. So on Obamacare, the Republican Party platform on page 36 says, any honest agenda for improving health care must start with the repeal of the dishonestly named Affordable Care Act of 2010, Obamacare. To simplify the system for both patients and providers, we will reduce mandates and enable insurers and providers of care to increase health care options and contain costs. The Democrats on their page 34 say, Thanks to the hard work of President Obama and Democrats in Congress, we took a critically important step towards the goal of universal health care by passing the Affordable Care Act, which has offered coverage to 20 million more Americans and ensured millions more will never be denied coverage on account of a pre-existing condition. Now, these there's some misnomers in here. First off, it was just a one-sided, single-party effort with which created the Affordable Care Act. 20 million more Americans were added to uh, basically single option plans, plans that had things they didn't need or plans that uh, were unaffordable for them. Meanwhile, millions more people were pushed off of the insurance that they loved on and given the option of joining into a plan that was unaffordable for them. And, and that makes me sad because I've read all the stories of people getting divorced, um, you know, so that their uh, things would be more affordable, all, all these different stories didn't have to happen. We have health care reform packages that would have worked, but the Democrats wanted to win on this, and that's why they forced through Obamacare, which, by the way, in its iteration that they passed, the version they passed, no longer exists. So on the subject of marriage, on page 11 of the Republican Party platform, it says, we condemn the Supreme Court's ruling in the United States v. Windsor, which wrongly removed the ability of Congress to define marriage policy in federal law. We also condemn the Supreme Court's lawless ruling in Obergefell versus Hodges. In Obergefell, five unelected lawyers robbed 320 million Americans of their legitimate constitutional authority to define marriage as the union of one man and one woman. That's the Republicans. The Democrats party platform on page 19 addresses marriage in this way. Democrats applaud last year's decision by the Supreme Court that recognized LGBT people like every other American have the right to marry the person they love, but there is still much work to be done. Now, it's interesting that that's how they closed out their their statement on this, because right now we're seeing lesbian women who call themselves feminists fighting back against this new right that has basically opened the door for transgenders to enact laws to enshrine their rights into legality. Now, I, I want to make something clear here. This isn't about hating people. It's about following God's word and knowing that God has ordained marriage to be one man and one woman joined together for life. Just because a lot of people have gotten divorced doesn't mean we should completely obliterate marriage by redefining it. 
Now, I also want to address something um, over here where the Republican Party platform said five unelected lawyers robbed 320 million Americans of their legitimate constitutional authority. We are some of those millions of Americans here in the state of Missouri. There are just over five million of us living here. And what we did was, I believe it was back in 2010. It was it was some years ago because this is 2019. Um, we actually had a constitutional amendment to the Missouri Constitution, and it was voted into law by the people of Missouri. It went to a statewide ballot issue, and we defined marriage in the Missouri Constitution as one man and one woman. In doing so, we hope to stave off attempts at the legislative level to redefine marriage in our state. So the Supreme Court basically undid our action or nullified it when they wrongly said, you know what? Federal law says marriage is any two people. Now, it's true that federal law and state laws do sometimes disagree, but federal law supersedes. The Supreme Court was not created to remove rights from the people of the United States. They're only supposed to interpret the Constitution, not create new rights. And anyone who wants to compare what they did in Obergefell to what was done in, uh, you know, the, the removal of slavery as a thing or, you know, school choice and not school choice, but uh, school integration, civil rights. You're not thinking this thing through completely. First of all, the Constitution didn't address slavery because there was no way to create the United States and address slavery at the same time. So the founders fully intended for blacks to be citizens and to have rights, the same rights as everyone else, which is why the Constitution reads that all men are created equal and are endowed with certain rights by their creator. So there is no comparison between people who are making a sexual choice to people who have an innate characteristic. And I want to make that clear. So there's there, Democrats are right about one thing. There's still much work to be done to reverse Obergefell after changing the culture to a more godly perspective. That's going to be up to us as prayer warriors to pray for that and to be absolutely crystal clear that we don't support this, but we love the people, but we don't support enshrining the sin into the Constitution or, or trying to with Supreme Court judicial activism. The next subject is, of course, medical research. So the Republican Party platform says, quote, we call for expanded support for the stem cell research that now offers the greatest hope for many afflictions through adult stem cells, umbilical cord blood, and cells reprogrammed into pluripotent stem cells without the destruction of embryonic human life. We urge a ban on human cloning for research or reproduction and a ban on the creation of or experimentation on human embryos for research. This is found on page 37 and 38 of the Republican Party platform. Uh, as it pertains to medical research, the Democrats say on their platform, page 36, 
Quote, Democrats believe we must accelerate the pace of medical progress, ensuring that we invest more in our scientists and give them the resources they need to invigorate our fundamental studies in the life sciences in a growing, stable, and predictable way. We recognize the critical importance of a fully funded National Institutes of Health to accelerate the pace of medical progress. So it is clear that the Democrats don't have any moral moorings when it comes to destroying human beings, sacrificing human beings for research. And what we've come to find out since this party platform, I mean, it, it was before this, but it's, it's not really in here. Um, the sale, well, actually it is in here. They mentioned the sale of human body parts under Planned Parenthood. The Republicans do on page 13 of their party platform. We don't need embryonic stem cells. The majority of the medical breakthroughs that have come have stemmed from adult stem cells. So this is this is one of those areas where the Democrats refuse to acknowledge science. They don't want they're always saying how they're into science. Democrats believe in science. Yet on this issue, they don't. They actually don't believe in science. When science shows you that one method works better than another, you can keep using the other method, but are you not wasting your time? So on to Iran. On the Republican Party platform, page 46, it says, we consider the administration's deal with Iran to lift international sanctions and make hundreds of billions of dollars available to the mullahs, a personal agreement between the president and his negotiating partners and a non-binding on the next president, because of it, the defiant and emboldened regime in Tehran continues to sponsor terrorism across the region, develop a nuclear weapon, test fire ballistic missiles, inscribed with death to Israel, and abuse the basic human rights of its citizens. Now, since this was passed and uh, the president has then pulled us out of this agreement, this non-binding agreement, there have been a lot of developments. Suffice it to say... The world has not come crashing down as we were told by the Democrats it would if we eliminated this agreement. The Iranians, when run by the mullahs, are not really an ally to us. And giving them billions of dollars on a pallet the way that President Obama did, that was a dereliction of duty on his part as the President of the United States. A poorly ill-timed and ill-thought-out choice that he made that's really it's going to stink up the history books from here on into eternity. He's not going to be looked on favorably for shipping pallets of cash like some wannabe suit-wearing uh, drug dealer. It was absolutely ludicrous that he engaged in that behavior. So you might think, well, maybe the Democratic Party platform has something good to say here. I don't know. You decide. Page 43 says, we support the nuclear agreement with Iran because if vigorously enforced and implemented, it verifiably cuts off all of Iran's pathways to a bomb without resorting to war. Now, is that true? Not according to experts who read the agreement and wanted the president to make it stronger. According to them, all it did was push off their uh, achievement of a nuclear bomb by about five years. So still within our lifetimes, for those of us who are all still alive here, um, they would have been able to have a nuclear bomb under that agreement, which is why President Trump promptly ejected it as soon as he became the president. Last issue that we have here on this comparison document, and this is in the show notes from yesterday, and it'll be in the show notes from today. 
the integrity of our country's foreign assistance program has been compromised by the current administration's attempt to impose on foreign recipients, especially the peoples of Africa, its own radical social agenda while excluding faith-based groups, the sector with the best track record in promoting development, because they will not conform to that agenda, we pledge to reverse this course. And this is found on page 52 of the Republican Party platform. What they're talking about here is the Obama administration forcing African nations to participate in what they call family planning, which is abortion services. And you guys might remember we had, um, she's a beautiful woman whose name I can never pronounce, but she, she's, she hails from one of the countries in Africa and she's a pro-life activist. And she said they don't even have abortion as something that they would consider. They don't, they believe that human life is valuable and they, they're there to preserve it. And that abortion is something that we shipped in America, the West shipped it in to get them to destroy their unborn. They, they consider it to be cutting off of a family tree when a person dies and it's unthinkable to commit abortions. Yet that's what we've done. So accordingly, the Democrats who so far, they're zero for two, four, six. 12 issues, the Democrats are zero for 12. And, and this isn't because I'm Stacy on the right that I'm saying this. I've just unpacked all of these. And anyone whose ears actually work knows that the, the Democrats don't have any of these issues on, in, the, in the proper context. And so on the foreign assistance subheading, the Democrats say on page 46, we will support sexual and reproductive health and rights around the globe. So in other words, hey, taxpayers, suckers, why don't you continue to work the first three and a half to four months of the year, depending on your tax bracket, so you can pay your taxes so we can take a huge portion of it and ship it around the globe so foreigners can get abortions on your dime. That should enrage every free-thinking American, whether you're an abortion supporter or not, because taxpayer dollars shouldn't go to fund abortion. Science tells us that abortion kills a life, snuffs it out. There's no way we should be supporting that. So back to their quote, in addition to expanding the availability and affordable family planning information and contraceptive, contra contraceptive supplies, we believe that safe abortion must be a part of comprehensive maternal and women's health care and included as part of America's global health programming. Programming meaning something that you put out there intentionally. You put it out there intentionally to get other people to follow it. A program is like a list of actions. In fact, here's the definition, programming. The action or process of writing computer programs. Another definition is the action or process of scheduling something, especially radio or television programs. Programming, uh, it has input instructions for the automatic performance of a task. So family planning programming means that they're actually putting in inputs that would be instructions for the automatic performance of abortion. Another definition is to cause a person or animal to behave in a predetermined way. Programming. To arrange according to a plan or schedule. Family planning, which is a euphemism for abortion with Democrats, family planning programming. So that wraps up our 
comparison on the 12 issues that were outlined here in this comparison document. I'm still researching, and if I find other comparisons um, or other issues that we might want to add to this, then we'll bring it back to you in another program. But suffice it to say, I mean, is there anyone who believes that they've, um, that these people have actually, I don't know, that they've been on the right side of an issue? Does anyone see here where the Democrats have actually been on the right side of an issue for something having to do with the party platforms? If there is something, please let me know. So now let's let's move forward here. Um, so I have some other things for you today on the program besides our uh, much vaunted party platform comparison. Namely, I want to get to um, a couple of issues having to do with immigration. So the polls are showing, and I, I, you guys might remember me writing an op-ed that got placed in the Kansas City Star about Missourians actually wanting to see less lawful immigration. And I think there were some people who thought, oh, you know, how could she be right about that? How could, but, but I was, it wasn't, it wasn't made up. And so the, the issues that were being discussed there and asked to Missouri voters, it was simply about lawful immigration. Do you feel we have enough, too much, too little? And people felt like we had too much. They felt like too many people were being admitted. So that being said, it does not surprise, does it, that we would have um, a bunch of different researchers, a Pew Research poll that shows that Americans want more deportations. So Pew Research says that 6 in 11 Americans want more deportations of illegal aliens. And this is especially after the news that President Trump has deported 800,000 illegals and President Obama deported one point. Five million, I think it was. Now, of course, he had eight years and the president's only been in office for three years. But I would have thought the number would have been higher for President Trump. But my hope is that it will be. So according to this poll by the Pew Research Center, a majority of Americans say they want to see more deportations of illegal aliens and increased security along the United States-Mexico border. Nearly 70 percent of all Americans believe increased security at the poorest U.S.-Mexico border is very or somewhat important including more than 90% of Republican voters. Another 54% of Americans said more deportations of the nation's 11 to 22 million illegal alien population is very or somewhat important. Republican voters by a majority of 83% said increasing deportations of illegals is important ahead of the 2020 presidential election. Now, the president's administration has constructed just under 80 miles of border wall. Okay, so... In light of the pushback that he's had and the way that the Democrats have fought him on this, 80 miles actually sounds like a lot. (laughs) But I was hoping that he'd get 500 miles done and he still could second term if we would vote to give him both houses of Congress back and basically peel off all the congressional members who are open borders. It's a tall order, but prayer opens the door. So... Um, research also finds that deporting the 11 million to 22 million illegal aliens saves American taxpayers billions of dollars compared to the cost they are forced to pay when illegals are allowed to stay. Deporting every illegal alien in the country would amount to a cost savings of about 622 billion over the course of a lifetime. 
This indicates that deporting illegal aliens is six times less costly than what it costs American taxpayers to currently subsidize the millions of illegals who are living in the United States. Now, support of that is right here. Right here. I'm showing this to you right now. And if you're listening to the podcast, what I just put up is the number of undocumented immigrants by state with percentage of total. But these numbers are from 2012. 2012, y'all. I just take my state, Missouri. We have 1.1%. That number's probably increased. Texas has 6.3%, which doesn't sound like much. But Texas is one of the most populous states in America. California, it says 6.3%. That's inaccurate. Because California has one out of every four people who lives there is an illegal alien. So these numbers are out of date. And again, that's 750,000 according to 2012 numbers. State cost of illegal immigration. This is all from fair.us. American taxpayers spend over $84 billion annually to subsidize illegal immigration. Since I first printed this off when I first went to work over at the old place, I know I've seen estimates as high as $134 billion a year for American taxpayers. So the, the best thing for us to do is to commence with deportations and continue until we've gotten to a place of sanity. Now, here's a connecting story here. More than 100,000 DACA applicants have been arrested for murder, rape, and DUI. Now, DACA has come under scrutiny again because... It was just up for uh, argument before the Supreme Court of the United States. So more than 100,000 illegal immigrants who requested a special Obama-era amnesty for adults who came to the U.S. as children have criminal histories. This is according to an alarming report released this month by the government. You might say, what report is it? Well, the report is from USCIS, and it is... Hold on a second. U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, DACA requesters with an ident response, November 2019 update. You can find this link at listen.stacyontheright.com, and you can click on the show notes. You'll see this link there. In the Breitbart story, you'll see the DACA requesters with an ident response. You can find that link and look at it for yourself if you feel like that nice lengthy reading. But here's the summary. The summary is that... Offenses committed by the illegal aliens seeking protection, benefits, and rights under the policy known as DACA include murder, rape, weapons, and assault charges. DACA has shielded nearly 800,000 illegal aliens under the age of 31 from deportation and allowed them to receive work permits and driver's licenses. You know what the problem is with that? That driver's licenses are often used as the source document to enable people to vote. Pardon me. Woo, I got a catch in my throat. So thinking about that, that's a lot of people, 800,000. And then on top of the people themselves, you have 12% of these people having arrest records, 12%. So it doesn't sound like people who came here out of love or people who deserve to get to stay here. It's a privilege to be here. So we got to make sure that people who get to stay here are not criminals. 
Now, Obama launched the outrageous measure through executive order way back in 2012. He says it was to help people who were brought here through no fault of their own. A big chunk of these DACA applicants have arrest records and unbelievable. The offenses in these arrest records, assault, battery, rape, murder, driving under the influence. Another disturbing fact is that of approved DACA requesters with an arrest, a whopping 85% or 67,861 were arrested right before the U.S. granted them amnesty. Nearly 25,000 DACA recipients with the arrests had multiple arrests and 218 of these people had more than 10 arrests. Incredibly, around one-fourth of the illegal immigrants with more than 10 arrests were approved by the government as of last month. In all, the government reveals that it has approved 79,398 DACA requesters who they know have arrest records, but they approve them anyway. Not all of the delinquents were approved, the figures show. More than 100,000 were denied or terminated. So just like everything with the government, if it has to do with a citizen, they're lightning fast. But if it has to do with some illegal alien, well, they just take their time getting around to giving them the boot. It's exhausting. It's absolutely unacceptable. So this link is also in the show notes. Um, so that's that's pretty much our Friday show today. And I'm not not trying to end on a bad note. But what I will say is that we can pray about this. And here's how we can pray about it. First, we can pray that the, that our Father in Heaven would loose justice in our land. That's number one. Number two, that he would remember his word, that his eyes continually roam the earth, seeking a righteous man or woman he can show himself strong in, and that he would make us those righteous men and women that we could be found by him and that he would answer our prayers. And lastly, we can pray for revival. Revival will allow us the ability to see God's spirit just running loose all over the land and people coming to him, coming to Jesus Christ, opening the door to more wisdom and more knowledge and more courage and wherewithal, which would then give us a better crop of people from which to pull legislators and those who would be elected over us in authority. And that would be fantastic. So, Uh, We did a commercial-free, straight-through podcast today, and I'm so glad to be with you. And I'm wishing you a super happy weekend. I hope you find time to get in the pew, uh, reconnect with your church family, and just have a fantastic weekend. And um, we will have next week on Monday and Tuesday, we'll have shows, but they will be podcast only, no live stream. Everybody's got to take some time off, y'all. So... Um, I won't really be off, but you just won't have a live stream is what I'm saying. So guess what? Uh, I want to go to smoke in the comments. It says, <sighs> Acts 429, the apostles prayed for boldness. Why can't we? Such a great way to end the show. Guys, let's be bold for Jesus, not just in telling friends and neighbors how we came to know the Lord and why we love him, but because That's what God has called us to do. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We have nothing to fear. He hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and a sound mind. All right, you guys. Fantastic weekend. Podcast live on Monday. See you then.